Father God, we just thank you that um, you have chosen to um, institute this thing that we call church. We thank you that you've brought us together as a community at St. Swithin's, and we ask you this morning, even as we are physically separate, uh, that you might, by your spirit, help us to feel just strongly bound in trust and in love. Amen. Well, yes, good morning. So we are continuing our series on the theme of trust. And it was quite ominous the way you said, let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> um, so I hope um, the things that I have to say this morning are helpful. Um, and I'm just very conscious that obviously we're, we're doing this theme of trust at a time when trust might be in short supply. Um, two weeks ago, uh, Fran led us thinking about the importance of trusting God. Um, and then last week, Tim uh, spoke to us about how we should trust ourselves, um, remembering that we're made in God's image. Um, and this week, our theme is trusting other people. Um, and at a time such as this, when people are forced apart by social restrictions, lockdowns, people are afraid, it seems to me more important than ever to reflect together on what it might mean and why it's so vital that Christians particularly trust one another. Um, my parents, um, I think it was last year, um, they, were, they were scammed. Um, somebody uh, contacted my mum and dad and um, they, they uh, purported to be kind of legitimate um, representative from a bank um, and my, my, my dad was kind of worried about that and um, these people are very, very skillful and they were able to gain access to my parents' money, uh, their communication accounts. And it was a really, really deeply kind of upsetting and, and traumatic experience for them and, and for us, um, their family. Because when your trust is broken, um, you start to feel like you can no longer trust anyone at all. And that's why it's so important that we think about trust in this particular time. And you'll see from the news that there are people who don't trust vaccines and there are people who don't trust politicians. And increasingly, we're encouraged to not trust one another. And as the church, we have to stand against that line of thinking. We must trust one another. Now, if you look up the word trust in a biblical concordance, which I did preparing to this, for this sermon, you will find lots of references to trusting in God. So you even find scriptures like Psalm 146, which seem to explicitly state that we shouldn't trust in human beings. It says that we should not trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save, and that God is the only one that we should trust. Indeed, some of the most famous stories in the Bible are about breakdowns of trust. Judas, of course, betrays Christ. Jacob, in the Old Testament, steals Esau's birthright by pretending to be him. Um, there's a fallout between Peter and Paul, which is in the scriptures. Um, Fran's already stolen my thunder by referencing Peter's denial of Jesus. What a famous moment of breakdown of trust. The Bible even begins with a breakdown of trust, where Adam and Eve not only break the trust with God, but actually Adam's pretty quick to say, it was her fault. So our story, the human story, has lots and lots of examples of where human beings let each other down and trust is broken. And there's a reality to this, which is that trust between people is hard won. But it's sometimes unreliable. 
And so it seems to make sense to us when the Bible portrays the steadfastness of God in contrast with the fickleness of people. So in 1 Peter it says this, All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fail, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And so it's understandable that many people throughout history have concluded that the most righteous path is to cut yourself off from human society and instead spend your days trusting in God, perhaps somewhere remote and peaceful. It's tempting to wish for such an experience even in a modern society, choosing to avoid all the messiness and complication of our fellow human beings. It just feels easier to get away on your own sometimes and just to trust in God. But the Christian faith is no private religion. The message of the Bible is that Christians are called to be bound together in bonds of trust and love as the church. And as Paul writes in the Ephesians, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. That's Ephesians 3 verse 10. We should therefore be concerned about the potential impact of this pandemic on the bonds of trust in our churches and in our church here at St. Swithin's. It is all too easy to start to pursue an individualized religion via video and begin to drift away from the trusting relationships that hold the church together. This is why it is so important that we continue to try to connect whenever we safely can and work hard to solidify our relationships of trust. And I say all this talking to a mobile phone on a stand. One of the difficult truths when it comes to trusting other people is that sometimes we're let down. Sometimes we are hurt. Sometimes we are abandoned. The more you trust and the more you love, the greater the possibility there is for heartache and pain. I'm afraid that this just comes with the territory. This is surely one of the reasons why Jesus describes following him as an act of taking up your cross. It perhaps explains in part why Paul calls it a mystery that God's plans and purposes should involve the church. God knows all too well that calling a people to walk together through a wilderness of life will sometimes lead to difficulty. But if we want to trust God, we must also trust in what Paul says in Ephesians 3.9 as the administration of this mystery, that his intent was to reveal himself through the church rooted in Jesus Christ. Friends, we cannot say that we trust God if we do not trust in his church. It is for this reason that is all the more painful when the church goes astray. Each time we hear stories of church leaders abusing their authority or church movements that seek to coerce or control or promise wealth and riches instead of grace and humility, our trust in the church weakens and therefore our trust in God's plans and purposes also weakens. This is why in Ephesians 4, Paul describes what it really means 
to be the church. A people unified by bonds of trust and love, operating as Jesus' hands and feet, and thereby establishing his kingdom on this earth. Although he doesn't use the word trust, Paul maps out a blueprint for a church community bound by trust. He knows that such a community will not come easily and will require some clear instruction. In chapter 4, verse 16, Paul uses the image of a body to describe the way in which we are all bound together by bonds of love and trust, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, is how he puts it. You and I are interconnected. We are symbiotic. We are codependent. When the ligaments of trust that connect us are strong, we are all the more able to be Jesus' operating vehicle in this world. Supported by strong bonds of trust and love, we find ourselves as God's people increasingly able to run the race set before us, even when that race involves a global pandemic and all the personal and social damage that that has caused and is still causing. Now is a time like no other where we should seek to strengthen the ligaments that connect us. There's a clear guide in Ephesians 4 too about the kind of individual and collective behaviors that deepen bonds of trust, the ligaments that hold us all together. Paul exhorts the church in Ephesus to prove themselves trustworthy through their righteous living. He knew that trust and love would not form in a community where people speak ill of one another or who seek out selfish gain at the expense of others. He encourages us to put off falsehood and speak truthfully to our neighbor. That's verse 25. And to make sure we do not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. Verse 29. Paul knows that this kind of speech quickly erodes trust, weakening the ligaments that bind us, making us weaker. We should therefore avoid speaking in such ways at all costs. Otherwise, we erode the strength of the body and weaken our witness in the world. Paul knows, too, that trust takes work. He says that we should make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's verse 3. Building strong ligaments takes effort. It takes work. Sometimes it takes struggle and perseverance. We should invest, therefore, in our bonds of trust. We should make every effort to bind more closely to one another, even in this season where the ligaments are fully stretched. I'm sure, like me, many of you are just a bit fed up with living your life on video, staring at your own awkward self-portrait and wondering if you are speaking too loudly. I hope I'm not, James. It takes effort, therefore, to log on for a virtual coffee morning or a virtual prayer meeting or perhaps even a virtual Sunday service. But if doing these things, meager though they are, help to keep the unity of the Spirit between us, we should make every effort. Paul goes on to promise that if we build one another up and form strong bonds of trust, we can expect to weather any storm. He says that we will no longer be infants 
tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. That's verse 14. A church that is strong in trust can withstand any difficulties that may come. And so in a season such as this, with fake news and fear-mongering and divisive politics, all things that are designed to weaken human trust, we must seek to draw closer together, making the effort to strengthen our bonds in any way we can. We should actively search for ways to be kind and compassionate to one another. That's verse 32. And in so doing, we will be able to weather this storm together and fulfill our calling to be a light in the darkness. And ultimately, friends, we should trust one another because that's what Jesus requires of us. It is indeed a mystery that the God of the universe should choose you and I and the trust we share as his primary means by which to reveal his manifold wisdom on earth as in heaven. Indeed, we see in the life of Jesus that this is what he'd always intended. He chose to build his church upon the very man who denied himself three times in the darkness. He chose to break bread with the man he knew would ultimately betray him. He chose to visit the people who had abandoned him, allowing them to touch his side and share his breakfast. Time and again, his trust was broken even on the cross, and yet time and again he chose to trust a second time. My friends, the bonds of trust and love that exist between us are our central witness to the manifold wisdom of God. Christian evangelism isn't about advanced preaching programs or high production YouTube broadcasts, although those things have their place. It's a simple message. And it doesn't require a big budget or extensive technical skill to convey it. The wisdom of God in Christ will be more fully known through the bonds of love and trust evident in his church. It is a great and mysterious responsibility, but there is no higher calling and no greater purpose. Amen.